Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
Merry Christmas Fellowship Church. Isn't it awesome to be in the house of God celebrating His birth? Well, you know what? That's what we're doing. We're celebrating Jesus. Not, not Santa Claus, not some gifts, not all of that. We're here to celebrate the birth of Christ. Now, during that time, they were waiting. They were waiting for Messiah to come. And you know what? We're the same way. We know Jesus is coming back. The King is coming back. So we're celebrating not only his birth, but we're looking forward to seeing him again. And that time's coming close. I mean, it's there. Super excited about that. So let's continue to worship. If you guys will stand with us, stand with us this afternoon. We should be joyful because the King is coming. So let's sing about that joy, shall we?
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being born. Thank you for being willing to come to earth and seek and save those of us who were lost. There's not one in this room that wasn't in need of your grace and in need of your mercy and in need of your coming. And so thank you that you would allow yourself to be put from divinity into human and divine form, to be born as a baby in vulnerability and to live a life on earth. That you would model what the heavenly father was really look like. And that you would perform miracles and then you would ultimately allow yourself to be arrested, falsely accused and crucified. But you didn't stay dead, you rose from the grave and it all began on Christmas when you came and we are so grateful and that's why we're here to celebrate you and everything you've done. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Merry Christmas, church family. If you would, turn and greet one another. Say Merry Christmas to the people around you. We're so glad you're here with us. If you're joining us online, a very special welcome to you as well. We're so thrilled that you're tuning in uh, to Christmas Eve service as a family. If you would, put where you're watching from, especially if you're out of town or out of state with family, we're just so glad that you're here. Well, if you consider yourself a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship Church, we'd love to invite you to text the word fellowship to 94,000. If you'll do that, it'll lead you through a series of quick questions, help you get in touch with one of the pastors here, and we can answer any questions you might have about the church or help you and your family connect more in the future. If you'd like to, you can stop by uh, the information counter, let them know you're visiting. You can also do that process just like that in person, and they'll give you a free specialty gift card to go to the church bookstore another time, because tonight we're just having free coffee and hot cocoa, so that's been fun. But we're just glad that you're here and welcome. There are many ways that you can get involved in giving at Fellowship. And one of those, uh, all of those ways actually are listed on the side screens behind me. So if you need a little prompt on how to do that. But Christmas is really all about giving. It's about a God who gave. And we get excited about give, gift giving and wrapping and putting all these things under the tree. But the Bible tells us very clearly that every good and perfect gift that we have comes from heaven, comes from above, that God gave it first and he gave it best. So I hope that you've come prepared to give a gift to Jesus on his birthday this morning. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you are the one who provides for us. And Christmas is an expensive time of year, but you're the most important one that we could give a gift to. And so we thank you for it. We pray that you would stretch our resources and bless each one financially and that you would get all the glory for it. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, Christmas is here, but very quickly comes the new year. And with the new year is all kinds of different things you can get involved in um, at the church. And we'd love to inform you about those things next. It's hard to believe it's already Christmas Eve. As this year comes to a close, we look to what 2023 might have to offer. The first thing up in the new year is a divorce care group. Divorce Care will start meeting on Wednesday, January 11th at 6.30 p.m. Divorce is often one of the most lonely and hard times of anybody's life. This group is an extraordinary resource for anyone that's gone through that or is currently going through divorce. This curriculum will meet you right where you're at, connects you with others who are walking on that road, and helps you get back on your feet. Register for this group on the Church Center app and stop by the bookstore to purchase the course workbook. The next round of Rooted will launch on Sunday, January 22nd. 
Rooted is a great course to attend, especially if you're interested in amazing curriculum and getting connected into a group of people within the same age and stage of life that you are. Rooted has been a staple of our ministry for years now and continues to provide a safe place to learn about the Bible, grow in your faith, and find community with others walking in the same direction as yourself. Rooted will start on January 22nd at 9 a.m. The cost is $25. In addition to a workbook, coffee and snacks will be provided during the duration of the course. We're excited to bring back our midweek classes in the new year. The first of which is Financial Peace University. Starting off the new year a lot of times means starting off on the right foot. This course is something that my wife and I did and we never looked back. Financial Peace will help you learn to manage your money the way God designed and give you practical tools to walk it out for the rest of your life. Through this course, you will learn to create and execute a budget, learn the best ways to get out of debt, and discover the path to financial peace. The cost of this course is $80 per kit. So if you want to attend this with your spouse, you only need one kit per couple. But the kit includes the most updated workbook, access to all the video teaching, a year-long membership to Financial Peace Plus, and a membership to the Every Dollar Budgeting Tool. It'll come with access to a resource center that supports members with the tools they need to crush debt and win with money. Financial Peace class will start Wednesday, January 25th at 6.30 p.m. and run for eight weeks. You can sign up in the Church Center app. Another midweek class that will also start on January 25th is a brand new course called Christian Life Hacks. It can be tough to live as a follower of Jesus in the modern world that seems to get crazier and crazier. Now I'm excited to teach this class because I believe talking about practical ways to walk out our faith in today's culture is not only valuable, but also the same thing the early church did. During the seven-week course, each lesson will bring a different topic and life hack. Topics will include the gospel for everyday life, apologetics, identity, how to hear God's voice, and so many more. These are life hacks that will bring you closer to God and help you connect with other people. This class starts on January 25th at 7 p.m. You can register for this on the Church Center app. Well, enough about what's coming up. We are very excited that you're spending your Christmas Eve with us, so please enjoy this Christmas special.
Time and a nine-year-old boy who was pretty ornery went to his mom and asked for a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And he said, Mom, that's really what I want. And she said, you know, you just haven't been very good this year. I don't, I don't know. And he's like, well, no, I have been good. I, but, and I know it's expensive, but, I, but that's really what I want. And she goes, you know, I really think you should take this up with Jesus. I think you need to ask him about this. So nine-year-old, he thought, well, let's, let's write a letter. So he sits down at the kitchen table and he starts writing a letter to Jesus. He says, dear Jesus, really want a Nintendo Switch for, my, for Christmas. And I mean, I've really been good for the last six months. And he goes, mm, can't really say that. So he takes his pencil and he erases the six months and he goes, Jesus, I really want a Nintendo Switch. Man, I've really been good for the last three months. He realizes he can't say that either. And he can't lie to Jesus, so he erases that. And then he goes, Lord, I, I just, I've been good for a month. And then he realizes, no, I, I can't say that either. So he works himself all the way down to a week. And he said, dear Jesus, oh, I really want a Nintendo Switch. I've been good for the last week. And then he remembered like he'd hit his sister the night before. And in frustration, he throws his pencil down. He just looks around the living room and he sees the nativity scene. He walks over to it. He's looking at the nativity scene and he, he picks up the little figurine of Mary and he brings it back to the kitchen table and sets it down and starts writing, dear Jesus, if you want to see your mother again. <laughs> well, I love Christmas. I love reminiscing about Christmas. Have you thought about your favorite Christmas memory was? When you think back over your life, you think about, you know, spending time with family and all the things that you get to do. And, and, and for me, I'm super nostalgic. I, I just love to talk to people <clears throat> that I haven't seen in a long time and just share old stories and, and laugh. And I, I just love that. And I really love thinking about Christmas past. Now, for me, growing up in a small town, I grew up in Cortez and uh, in a small church. I think what we did every Christmas Eve is we went to a Christmas Eve service where there was a program. And then the ladies of the church, they would all uh, get the, these sacks and they would put toy, or little toys and, and candy uh, in, in them for the kids. They'd always put a popcorn ball in there, <clears throat> which I never ate. I think I ended up throwing them, you know, at another kid or something. But, but, but I remember just so excited to get my little sack. And then from there, we would go to this floral shop that had... Uh, all kinds of Christmas decorations in their display. And it, they would go all out. They had trains and they had uh, animatronic uh, Santa Clauses and all these different things. And each year they would add to it. And so you just go and you would see that. And then I'd go to, we'd go to my grandparents' house and we would open gifts over there. And then the next morning we would open gifts as a family, but we'd always wait for my grandparents to come over. And, and it was such a special time. I remember that, that it just seemed to kind of be a magic to Christmas. And I love that. But sometimes when we reminisce about past Christmases, we also think about how much things have changed. 
and how the world today is so much different than the world that many of us grew up in. I mean, you think even the last 30 years, how much change there's been. Now, of course, if you're a Christian, you know that many of the things that are happening right now were predicted in scripture. And we, we take uh, comfort in that. The Bible gives us a picture of what it will be like in the last days. It gives us a very clear picture. And many scholars believe that we are living in the last days right now. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Paul's writing to a friend and he's saying, this is what it's going to look like in those last days. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now it seems that the world has gone crazy, especially the last two years. You think about what we've been through in the last two years. We, we couldn't have predicted that ourselves, but scripture points to it. Now more than ever, with everything that has gone on, we need a savior. This world needs a savior. And God knew that. And he sent Jesus to be our savior. That's why he sent him on earth in the first place. Because he knew we would need him. You see, we need a savior for our sins. And let's face it, we're all a mess. We've all messed up. We screw up. We make make poor choices from time to time, sometimes more times than not. And God knew that we were going to be this way. And that is why he went and sent us some grace by way of his son. And And his gift of grace is his son. Luke chapter two, verses eight through 11 says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, savior literally means someone that will save us from peril. And Messiah is anointed one or chosen one. So this means Jesus was chosen to save us. And God chose him because he knew we needed it. We need it. Romans 3.23 says, for everybody's sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. And the penalty is sin and death. So we all get that. We, we need a savior. We need a savior for, for our mistakes, but we also need a savior for our fears. Have you been fearful at all over the last couple of years? Man, fear is something that can just paralyze you. It can change the way you make decisions. It can change and take away your joy. I mean, fear is something that, that is, it just makes you not be able to function normally. And there's all kinds of things that we're afraid of. 
Now, some of us have very specific fears, but there's some general fears, especially in our culture that are happening in our world right now. And I would say one of them is the fear of financial security. That's a big one. It's a big one right now because of, of, of the stock market and, and jobs and, and, and your business. I mean, you, don't, you don't just don't have the profit margins that you once did and, and inflation. And you, you look at your retirement and you see it dwindling away as, as, as things happen throughout, uh, throughout the years. And it, and it can make you feel unsettled. It can make you think, well, how am I gonna pay my bills? I mean, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna provide my family? How am I gonna retire one day? What we need to remember is that fear doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from the Lord. It actually comes from our enemy. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or a demon of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So according to the scripture, there's actually a spirit of fear that comes from the devil. He sends it as an attack against us. He wants us to be fearful. He wants us to be scared. He wants it to paralyze us and keep us ineffective. He loves that. So knowing this, whenever the devil tries to scare us, we need to expose that fear to the truth. Now, the truth is the word of God. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The truth is our foundation. The truth is our anchor point in life. And the truth in that word not only will set us free, but it will expose those lies from the enemy. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can they? In fact, worrying and, and, and being scared can actually take time at the end of your life. Verse 31, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So he's saying, now, if you're a believer, you really don't need to think this way. Unbelievers obviously think this way because they don't have the truth to stand on. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So maybe it is, it's a fear of just financially, you know, where are we gonna be in the next few years? Or maybe it's a fear of sickness. I've had a lot of that over the last couple of years. The fear of sickness, fear of getting sick, the fear of being sick, the fear of once you get sick, how bad is it going to be? Well, the scripture says in James chapter five, verse 15, that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Jesus can heal. He can heal and he will heal. But there are times where he chooses not to. There are times that it's just not in his will for us to get better. 
I mean, we can't stay on this earth forever. There's going to be a time when we die. There's going to be a time where we're not going to pull through some illness. That's just the way it is. But according to Paul, what I love he, what he says. He, he says in the scripture, you know, it's, it's, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Christ, which is good. But if I'm going to die, that's gain. Because I get to go to heaven. I get to go to paradise. I have a home forever in heaven. And his words were, which is better by far. So really, we don't really need to fear sickness. Worst case scenario is we die, but that's really best case scenario for those that believe. So it might be fear of sickness, or maybe it's a fear of what's happening in the world. Once again, over the last two years, watching the news and seeing what has happened is mind-blowing. And if you spend too much time watching the news, it can make you extremely fearful. It can give you an anxiety. It can steal your joy. But the Bible says, once again, the truth says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Picture that. Jesus is sitting next to God praying for you, praying for us. There's not anybody I'd want praying for me more than him. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? Verse 37, no. In all these things, we are more more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, what a promise. Now the media has done a number on our perspective, right? They have. But we have to understand that the media doesn't report the news from God's perspective or from a Christian's perspective. They do it from the world's perspective. Now, could you imagine what it would be like if a newscast actually did that, if they actually reported the news from God's perspective? Could you imagine tuning into NBC or CBS or CNN or or one of the major networks and they started off the broadcast with, man, this tragic event happened. And, and, and reported the event. This is, this is exactly how it went down. And this is what people are doing to try to help those that are involved with this particular tragic event. But here's the thing, God is in control. Could you imagine them saying that? God is in control. We know he's in control. We know that we're gonna get through this. We know that he has us. We know that no weapon formed against us can prosper. We know we are more than conquerors. Could you imagine if that's what they said? Could you imagine if they went on to say, and by the way, this was all prophesied. Remember, let's look in Ezekiel. There was a man named Ezekiel who was a prophet that said that this was gonna happen. There was a man named Daniel that that lived thousands of years ago. And he said and predicted these things were going to happen. So we don't need to be fearful. 
In fact, right now, let's do this. Let's just pray. Let's pray in this broadcast for those that were hurt and then also pray that we would all have the peace that passes understanding to know that he has us. Could you imagine watching news like that? Would that not be beautiful? Would that not be incredible? Could that not be life-changing if that was the case? But that's not what sells. Fear sells. Tragedy sells. That Christ came and he gave us the word of God and all the prophets spoke and gave us the scriptures so that we would know what's coming. We shouldn't be surprised at how crazy things have gotten. If anything, we should be excited because that means that the time of Christ is near. He's coming back. He's coming back. So we need a savior for our fears, but we also need a savior for our future. We need to save her for our future. John 3, 16, remember that passage of scripture? Probably learned it growing up in Sunday school. It's always on the banners underneath the goalposts at the football games. I mean, we know that scripture. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. He's not here to judge you, but to save the world through him. He came to save us. And I don't know about you, but man, I I want eternal life. I want it for me and my family, and I want it for you. And I can't imagine knowing, waking up in the morning and not believing that there was a heaven, not believing that there was a future. You see, Jesus came that we might have life after death. We were created to do eternity with him. Now, in being nostalgic, I wanted to end the service a little different. The greatest evangelist over the last century was Billy Graham. And of course, we lost him a few years ago. But we dug into the archive a little bit and we looked back at one of his first Christmas Eve services. And this, we think, was recorded back in the 50s. And man, I miss him. I mean, what a great guy. And here's, a, here's, here's just a little clip Here's just a little clip of the first Christmas is what he titled it. It was done back in the 1950s. Listen to this. The angel said to the shepherds, fear not. It was a world also of fear, just as ours is a world of fear today. Recently, the president of the United States said, the world lives under a pall of fear. Despite our liberty and our scientific advancement and all our boasted civilization, human fear is unprecedented. Most of us fear everything but God, and it is God whom we should fear most of all. But if we are reconciled to God through Christ, we need not have any fear, for perfect love alone casteth out fear. The only freedom from fear at this Christmas season is Christ. Fear not, said the Christmas angel, for unto you is born a Savior. What is your fear? Do you fear that your sins are too many and that you cannot be forgiven? I promise you that Christ can forgive them. That's why he died on the cross. Do you fear an uncertain future? Certainly, as we read the headlines today and watch the fluctuations of the stock market, there is very little security in the world that we live in. But Christ has the answer to that fear also. Do you fear the great burdens which sometimes feel greater than you can bear? He's the answer to that kind of fear. 
Do you fear death? He has conquered death, the Bible teaches. And if you trust in him, you can say with Paul, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Many of you listening to my voice will not see another year because in the next few weeks, you will probably die. And many of you already know it, and you're afraid. Are you afraid of death? There's no fear to the true believer who is trusting in Jesus Christ as the Lord of life. The angel of the Lord continued his sermon with these words. I bring you good tidings of great joy. The news which the angel of the Lord brought on that first Christmas night was the greatest news ever revealed that God not only loved the world, but in the person of his son, he had come to identify himself with us. Joy could replace sadness. Fellowship was to replace separation. And men's heads were to be lifted up with hope instead of being bowed down with despair. But the greatest news of all was, he shall save his people from their sins. Christmas cannot be separated from the cross. Christ himself in John 18:37 said, for this reason was I born. Have you ever been to his cross and received him as your savior, as your Lord and your master? If not, then Christmas has no meaning for you. There's no true Christmas spirit in the heart of any man who does not know Christ as Lord and Savior. You can receive him today by simply repenting of your sins and receiving him as your Lord and Savior. It can be done in a moment, and you can spend your first Christmas knowing the true meaning of Christmas in your heart. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we pray today that many will know Christmas and its true meaning for the first time by accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. For we ask it in his name, amen. So for many of you, maybe you've never been introduced to Jesus. You've heard the stories and maybe grown up in church, but you've never really received him as your savior. Christmas has always been about gifts and Santa and family, but you never really celebrated what it was really all about because you didn't know him. Now that may be the case for you if you're sitting in the audience today or, or maybe you're watching from home. Maybe you're just tuning in and you're wondering what is this Christian, Christianity thing about? Well, it's about our savior and he came and he died for us that we might have eternal life with him. And I don't wanna go any further without us giving an opportunity for those of you that have not met him to meet him. And it's so simple. In fact, it seems crazy how simple it is to receive Christ because it's, though it's simple, we get such an incredible gift from it. But when we receive gifts at Christmas, we don't receive those gifts because we did something for somebody. We receive those gifts from those people because they love us. That's why Jesus did it too. The ultimate gift. We don't have to do anything, but just receive him, just believe in him. And that can start for you this afternoon. So whether you're sitting here live with us or you're live at home, I just ask if you would say this prayer with me, just repeat it with me. And, and whether you said this prayer before in the past, I'd like for you to say it out loud with us now, just so the people around you, maybe it's their first time, will feel comfortable saying it too. So if you bow your heads with me, if you repeat after me, dear Jesus, 
forgive me of my sins. I know I've messed up. I know I need a savior. I believe in what you did for me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you you were raised from the dead for me. I ask right now that you would come into my life and that you would save me. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for this precious gift. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if that's the first time you've ever said that, if that's the first time you've ever said that, welcome to the family. And make sure you tell somebody, but also don't just stop with the introduction. We have incredible ministries here to help you grow in your faith. In fact, we have a rooted course that is our discipleship course that starts in January. Sign up for that. Walk with him, grow with him. There's not a better life. You will be so blessed if you just trust him with your life. Now also being super nostalgic this afternoon, I know you guys have heard me talk about my dad a lot. And my dad was this awesome guy. And we lost him like 12 years ago. That I love him so much. Every time I talk about him, I get, I get choked up. Because I remember growing up, he was one of our worship leaders in our little church. And he would lead worship from time to time. But he also would sing specials. He had a great voice. And there was this one song that he would sing that was from the uh, Bill Gaither. Bill Gaither wrote it back in the 70s. And it was a song about God coming back. Jesus coming and rescuing us. It's about his second coming. And there's, every time I heard that song, it would just lift my spirits. It would just make me know as crazy as the world gets, as goofy as things can, can be, we have hope. King is coming and he's coming for every one of us that have received him. So if you would stand with me as we close the service, maybe this song, maybe you'll remember this song. Maybe it'll conjure up some memories for you too. But if you'll sing this with us and let it lift your spirits because praise God, we have a hope. And praise God, our King is coming.
Jesus, that you're coming for us. We don't deserve it, but you love us and we love you so much. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill every person in this room and that you would give them a new hope and a new joy. I pray, Lord God, that we would leave this place and we would remember what this is all about. This is your birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday to you. And thank you, Lord, that we're gonna be able to celebrate this one day in person. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for what this, this, this whole season represents. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for how blessed we are. We pray these things in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. See you on the first. Remember, one unified service at 11 o'clock. We'll see you next week. Start that first year, that new year right. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service.